Welcome back to the Please Don't Arrest Me podcast with Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Craig. This is episode 47. Yes. All right. We keep, time keeps marching on. Mm-hmm. Um, and today, I'm sorry, this is the Please Don't Fire Me podcast. How did I get that confused? Well, it just doesn't sound strong enough anymore. It, do, it doesn't. Right? It doesn't. Not Not for what we're about to talk about. But before we do that... Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, so what are you loving this week? Yeah. I was going to ask you how your Valentine's Day was. Oh, wow. Well, I'm you're loving such my a wife. Big, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we that's go. good. <laughs> uh, you know, I know you're such a big, uh, you know. I'm loving my kids. You, I'm you loving. care about these holidays so deeply. Yes. I know. Yes. You, you've I know, got you know. investments in Hallmark and, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Did All you right. get a Valentine's card? I did. For your wife? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Okay. That's a that's something we do. Okay, we that's do the, nice. do a little gift exchange and nice. got her some flowers this year. Flowers, yeah, nice. Yeah, and then actually we had a we ordered in for Valentine's dinner, and I got oh. food poisoning. Oh my! No way! <laughs> oh, it's oh. true. <laughs> that that's awful, man. Yeah. It was a interesting way to end the day. Wow! Violently ill. <laughs> True story. Just me though, not her. Okay. Yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna share the name of the restaurant. I will not. No, oh, I don't. You're wanna, a nice guy. I know. You don't want to. Actually, you're not a nice guy because you're I know, not because keeping now, me safe. Yeah. Okay? I know. Actually, yeah. I, I thought about I maybe just, I should call and be like, "You guys may got a bad batch of chicken up there or something." You know. Chicken. But, chicken seems to do it. I mean, I have. Not, I've never experienced that before. Christie's had it a couple different times. Mm. It's always been chicken. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's right. always been, actually, There, there's. I think there's two occasions, and it's it's always been one restaurant that specializes in chicken. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not going to say what I think. I mean, a nationwide. Yeah, yeah. Chain? Yeah. yeah. With a logo and a mustache and yes. mm-hmm. the stylish yep. little... Yes. Yeah. A little goatee. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. We should stop. Because <laughs> we'll get canceled, I'm sure. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't, I don't want any lawsuits with any chicken restaurants. Right. Right. <laughs> anyway. No. Yeah. You know what? We did um, for Valentine's Day. Mm-mm. Nothing. We did sounds, nothing. Sounds about what I expected. What, what day was Valentine's Day? Are you actually asking me that question? Oh, it was Sunday. Yeah, yeah. you preached, yeah, I preached a sermon. A, a Valentine's. Come on. So I did that Yeah, for Valentine's That was your Day. special thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it was a good sermon. Yeah. Well done. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Um, yeah, so anyway, I guess we should get on with this podcast. Move on from happy things to well, depressing things. Well, it's not really depressing. I you know, know what? It's... I. You, you're right. It's not happy news. It's not happy news if you're in the in the uh, business of preaching to people, I guess. It's not happy news if you have any common decency at all. Oh, yeah. I'm willing to say that. Yeah. How's that? Okay. Yeah, that's true. There you go. Well, if you believe in freedom, it's not happy. Exactly. It's not happy, for sure. So what happened? Well, um, uh, my brother actually sent me a Facebook uh, post. It was just a uh, screenshot of it. And uh, it was of a pastor in Alberta, in Edmonton, that was arrested for, in the on the uh, Facebook post, it said for preaching the gospel or something like that. Um, and so that kind of led, I, I sent it to you, we talked about it a little, or we didn't really talk about it at all. You did some research, I did some research, we kind of found out that the Facebook page, the post that that we had there was, you know, uh, just hyped and it wasn't really a good, a, a good depiction of what actually took place. It was kind of disingenuous. Right. So it was over COVID. It was over the church meeting together. Right. It wasn't specifically for preaching. Um, that wasn't what they were targeting. They right. were targeting the church not complying with the COVID rules. Um, and they had had a lot of warning mm-hmm. leading up to it. This started in December. Right. 
uh, when they were they went back to meeting together in December, mm-hmm. and that's when it started that the health unit was, I believe, attending their services, uh, believing that they were not doing what they were supposed to do. So then they started giving them warnings. Church wasn't listening. Kept meeting, not obeying the various orders. And in that situation, it was you're supposed to wear a mask, you're supposed to social distance, and you can meet up to 15% of your building capacity. For them, yeah. Right, those were their rules in that area. The church was not complying to these. Now, to be fair, I don't know for sure. Like, are they breaking all 30 rules? Was it one rule? Was it a technical? I don't know the answer to that, do no. you? No, no, there was very little. There, was, there were only a couple, like maybe three or four, like uh, main line articles about it, mm-hmm. um, mainstream. I yeah. guess yeah, I, ma- I major don't. News I hate saying that today because mainstream actually means a, a bunch of lies in my mind. A lot of times, um, anybody who's who's believing that uh, the you know the Globe and Mail or CTV News or you know these outlets are see the um, what's the other one. CNN? Uh, well, CNN, that's just, that's a fabrication from beginning to end. I don't even know if there's news in that. <laughs> New York Times might be the worst right they, now, actually. They are pretty bad. But anyway. But I was thinking in, in Canada, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, you hear a news story from there. I, I just take all of it with a grain of salt because right. it just seems like they always twist it in order to promote their particular spin or view of a certain situation, mm-hmm. and, and that bothers me. But anyway, having said that, I didn't, you know, I, I unfortunately, the screenshot that I got said that he was um, taken away in handcuffs and ankle cuffs and, you know, made it sound like they drug him out of a church service and hauled him away and threw him in the, in the locker and, and, None of that was true, right. uh, at, at least as best I can ascertain. Uh, he gave himself up willingly to the RCMP after they showed up on ch- at, at, at the church service, and it sounds like they said, listen, turn yourself in on Tuesday, uh, you know. And this was and after they fined him a week ago or two they, weeks ago. Yeah, he had been fined earlier. Right. They had been warned. The, so it was escalating. Yeah, I mean— they were not surprised by it. It doesn't sound like right, and uh, it happened. Now, that still, the question still is, why did it happen? Some interesting, some interesting facts. Now, I, I just want to disclose to everybody that's listening right now, we could not decide if we even wanted to do this. This as topic, a podcast. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have talked about a lot of different things. Um, that are similar to this in a way. Mm-hmm. And then when it's kind of shrouded in this, hey, you had ample warning, you know, it just brings up the question, well, why weren't they complying and what, you know, uh, you know, what uh, is that right? Last week, just last week, our podcast was on civil disobedience. So this in some ways is similar to that. Because obviously they are being civil, right. but disobeying the orders that are out there. Mm-hmm. An interesting side note, though, I did listen to a uh, the a snippet of his sermon from the Sunday when they arrested him, mm-hmm. and it is interesting that they've been letting this go on and letting it go on, and they've been warning and they gave him fines and things like that and now they decide to do it and the sermon was about you know what should the government do Mm -hmm. that was the name of it and it was pointed directly at the premier of alberta in terms of you know what is your what is your mandate and how you're not fulfilling it and how you're actually Putting yourself in a situation where, um, you know, you even admit. So in in the sermon, one of the things he brings up, a great point, is the government, when they do this, they are admitting that there are they have to weigh out the concerns. They have to weigh out 
the ramifications of making people quarantine, isolate, how that's going to affect them emotionally, mentally, what the financially, what, what financially, how they have to weigh that against their safety when it comes to the pandemic. So they're agreeing that there are negatives for uh, making the decisions that they're making. There that, are that the lockdown that measures or the restrictions are causing measures. problems. Right. Would yes. would cause problems. They're acknowledging that, and basically, he was calling out the premier of Alberta and saying, "You're not responsible for a disease that you didn't create, mm-hmm. didn't bring here, didn't have anything to do with. Right. You you did not create it, but you are responsible for the choices that you're making and the effect that that has. So you can't be held responsible." for the deaths of people as a result of the coronavirus, but you can be held responsible for the deaths of people as a result of the, the tactics that you are, the um, laws that you've put in place, the restrictions that you've put in place that may have contributed to that. Now I had read in one of the articles that talked about this situation, nobody in their church has died from COVID-19, but they did have a member who died from, I believe it was, complications of cancer. And part of the reasoning uh, was that he had procedures that were delayed because of the elective surgeries and those kinds of things. So uh, certain elective procedures they put off um, for uh, patients. He was one of them, this church member, and then he ended up dying. Mm. And so I wonder if that's part of what's in the back of the mind of this of this pastor as he's saying right. that. No, I don't have no way to verify no. exactly if that's true or what the exact circumstances are. That's just what I read. Well, yeah, not not in the amount of time that we have. <laughs> I mean, maybe you can dig it up somewhere, but mm-hmm. yeah, this was last night we did this right. research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Studying for the exam right. the night before. Cramming. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just think that would be, well, that would shape your opinion about these things, I think. If that was an experience you saw firsthand. I, yeah. And so it just shed an interesting l- bit of light on maybe what this pastor is thinking and why he's choosing to, d- you know, take the actions that he is taking. Right. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it brings up a lot of, you know, I know that the one of the things that they're uh, concerned about as a our church or at least what he articulated is that you know that people are buying into an idea that the government is going to protect me and the government's going literally what you're saying and I I love the way that uh, that he put it but I can't remember exactly how he did it but but what you're saying is 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 you're saying that um, uh, that the um, that the government is going to save you from something that is a result of sin mm-hmm. in our world. And you want you want the government to save you from sin. That's weird. Mm. <laughs> or at least the consequences <laughs> of sin, right? Right. Yeah, and that is not at all in alignment with a Christian worldview. No. That, that we would not put our hope in the government to be able to fix things that are permanently broken in this world mm-hmm. because of the curse we are under because of sin right. that only God can fix and heal and in, and will do so in his own time. Mm-hmm. And we live in the in-between moment where the earth is cursed, that curse has not been lifted, therefore death, sin, disease, sickness, evil, un- injustice, all those things exist in this world because it's a broken world, because it's a fallen world, and the government ain't going to stop that. No. I mean, they don't even have the resources to do that. Only God has the resources to do these things, but they like to think they can. Right. You know, that's kind of part of the arrogance that we talked about in the Tower of Babel podcast, Mm -hmm. where mankind seems to think, we can do this. We can build a city and build a tower and make a name for ourselves. We can create this little slice of heaven on earth. Well, I think that's if we where work together. Yeah, that's where it falls apart for a lot of um a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians, many, I'd say the bulk of 
Christians going through this right now. We're all going through it together. Uh, dealing with the pandemic are just trying to get by. They're just trying to, you know, they're, they're all hoping for that better day when all these restrictions are lifted. I'm not sure that day is coming personally. Just want to say it, get it out there. I wonder. Um, I do. I, I'm really concerned that that may never happen. And it's certainly not going to look the same no matter what we do. Um, but anyway, I say that to say that I, I think the average Christian just looks at it and it's like, this is that I, I just want to get by and, and I don't have any role in this. And what they're not recognizing is they're not recognizing that all of these things that are happening are a result of humanism. Humanism is antithetical to theism or God, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we, we do not have the solution to our problem, but that's literally what they, you know, what, what people are hoping in. And so this idea of just getting along until the government solves the problem, until we get the vaccine, until we, you know, whatever, fill in the blank for the thing that's the smoking gun that's going to fix it all is that we're just being humanist too. Like we're not recognizing that God is at work. He is doing something through this. There were, you mentioned it earlier. There were, um, there were plagues in the Bible that, uh, resulted in, you know, uh, not favorable outcomes for some people. And that's not to say that COVID is a plague that God has brought uh, upon the world to result in an unfavorable outcome. I don't know. We don't know. Right. We don't know what God's plan or purpose is, but we do know or believe that he's in charge. He's taking care of it. He has a solution and we need to look forward to his solution. And, and so no matter what you're looking forward to, I would say that is number one is make sure you don't get caught up in the humanist, uh, the humanism that is all around this thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're just, we're being immersed in it right now. Everything you see in the news, everything is all about what, it's all about the science, how the science is going to solve the problem, how men are going to solve the problem. That's humanism. The policies, the money, the plans, all those things are going to be uh, the solution. Mm-hmm. And then we, our job is to fall in line with right. what we're told is best for everybody. And don't question it. Right. And the people who do question it, well, they get in trouble. I mean, we've had yes. uh, people in the Canadian government lose their role because mm-hmm. they questioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the the actress from the TV show, The Mandalorian, I did. She I got just fired saw that. For, from her role on the show. And she was wildly popular. It's not like she was... I don't think they were... You know, thinking, man, she stinks, and we need to find someone. For, she right. was doing. She was really popular, huh. and uh, she, you know, got canned for voicing basically political opinions on her social media mm-hmm. that didn't really align with what they wanted her to say. So, hmm. just interesting times, um, and you do see this idea of humanism uh, being rampant. I mean, I knew humanism was an issue two years ago. And now I've got a whole different view on it mm-hmm. because I thought it was a problem. Now I'm like, oh, it is the problem. Right. And uh, it is like swallowed up the rest of the other competing philosophies. Mm-hmm. It's I feel like that game is over. Like the battle of competing worldviews is a losing battle almost at this point. And that as Christians... Uh, we are officially, you know, like that people declared years ago that we're moving towards a post-Christian nation or right. we are post-Christian. And it's like, yeah, we, we're way beyond that. We are mm-hmm. entrenched in post-Christianity, especially in Canada, mm-hmm. even more so than America, in my opinion. And now you're seeing the results of it. Mm-hmm. You see the the default result is, who, okay, so, okay. Let me back up for a second and tell you why I'm thinking this. I believe people were created for God. That intrinsic in our human nature is a longing to be a part of something bigger than ourselves, to uh, be part of a cause, 
to have a guide, to have a uh, a commander in chief that we follow and swear allegiance to, and the ultimate uh, true reality of that is God. That's who we are as human beings. As Christians, we recognize that, and we follow our Lord, and we fall in line with the way we were created. But as society has pushed God out into the margins, you've got to fill that void because the void doesn't go. The The passion to be a religious person, and I mean that in a, a broad sense of the term, stays. Right. But you got to fill it with something. And what we're filling that with is humanism. And the practical outworking of that is is basically politics. Mm-hmm. So the government functions as God. Right. They government maybe you could throw in there uh, experts as well that kind of thing. So they become the prophets who tell us what truth is. Mm-hmm. The government because they become those who enact uh, policies, and then our job is to be obedient citizens. Like it's our job to fall in line and do what we're supposed to do. And even hold one another accountable when they step out of line. So that's why you're getting people, you know, calling their, uh, calling the police on their neighbor because there's too many cars in the driveway and these kinds mm-hmm. of things. It's the outworking of what happens when you push God to the margins. Mm-hmm. This is the inevitable result. And it is, uh, it's taking over. Uh, you know, it, has, it is taking over society particularly i'm thinking of it from a canadian perspective i don't even recognize my own country that's how i feel i yeah i maybe putting a finer point on it for me is is understanding that it's all coalescing it's all coming together you know it's like and and even that's kind of describes how it's happening in my mind too because i would have said that humanism is one of those things and then put it in with a bunch of other things. And now I see all those other things under the heading of humanism in a right. much clearer way. Yes. Uh, just because you see how, uh, you know, and, and, and how much of a religion it is. It, it You know, we are worshiping it. We are uh, beholden to its texts science the mm-hmm. papers or mm-hmm. whatever what do they call it the- well and i i had shared with you earlier this week something that a church member shared with me mm-hmm. which was that website dedicated to a global ethic you remember yes, that yes mm-hmm. and it was yes. this it's this organization that's built around the concept that if we're going to be a global community if we're going to mm-hmm. work together then we have to agree on some things and religion is a problem because you've got all these splinters and factions that have different ideas of morality and transcendent reality and truth and things like that. So they're working to say, what's the common ground? Yeah. That yeah. these what religions. What are the common moralities yeah, that they all have? What, what can are, we do to yes. bring these religions together? Mm-hmm. And they're, they call it the global ethic. And so this is kind of the way of the future. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be part of, I guess, just mainstream society, if you want to be a citizen in a global world, Mm-hmm. then you're going to need to adopt these core principles that bring us all together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just quite interesting because how many of these religions would be like, oh, nobody consulted me, <laughs> you know. Um, I realize that, yeah, you can probably find a few vague connections between my Christian faith and Buddhism or something like that about being nice to people or something, but it's like, there's a lot that makes us it, very distinct. It doesn't mean that we're the same. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, but that's what a humanist effort does mm-hmm. is. Well, it, everybody gets put in a category. Right. Yeah. We've been down that road. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a, I don't know. All I can say is it's a crazy world. And I mean, crazy it, time to be alive. Yeah, it is. It does so here's seem, a question. So here, oh, well, okay. the thought the thought that I had was it, when you were talking about that is is that you know it's not unlike God. God set out uh, rules, regulations. You can read them in the Old Testament. He said, you know, this is wrong. This is right. We've got the Ten Commandments. Those He established. Now what we're doing is that uh, uh, that effort for a, a global ethic is what they're doing is putting together the rules that all of society is going to be bound by. Mm -hmm. And in humanism, our God is, well, it's humans. Mm -hmm. And so we will be judged by our God. We're going to be judged by humans. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, that's going to be politically inspired. There's going to be all things that are going to go into that that cesspool of how we do it. But I ask you this: Do you want to be put at the mercy of an all-knowing, all-loving God that came to this earth and died for you, or would you like to be judged by humanism? Do you want to be judged by the God of this world? Because I don't think that God is going to be gracious at all. Oh, they, they're not going to be. They're already We already not. see it in action yeah. that when you step out of line, there are serious consequences. Mm-hmm. That's why we named our podcast, Please Don't Fire Me, because it was at right. the peak of an era, uh, you know, the cancel culture where people were losing their jobs. I don't know. Is it the doing... peak? That might not be well, true. Well, no. What I, <laughs> I think we're okay, wait. headed toward the no, peak. No, no, no. <laughs> we were at the peak of being fired. Yes. I'm saying it's getting worse. Right. That yeah, now it it's like right. there is no place for you right. in this society. Right. That's the direction we're moving in. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me ask you this question. Um, because clearly we're, we're establishing new ground rules in this society. And safety is a high, high value. Yes. That's one of the maybe global ethic principles mm-hmm. that seem to be. I'm sure it will be. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming into play here. So the idea is, you know, safety, people's safety is everybody's responsibility. So we're going to set out these rules. That's kind of what happened here in this church. Now they decided not to follow the guidelines, whatever that means. I don't exactly know, mm-hmm. but evidently they weren't doing it good enough to the satisfaction well, of the, the health officials. The one, the one guideline that they did talk about in the articles was that they were supposed to only have 15% capacity in their building and they violated that. So they okay. did say that that was, they were in violation of that rule. Too many people. They, they let more people come to church mm-hmm. than should have, which we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah, that's what I, okay. okay. I'm leading you into that slowly. <laughs> I guess my question was going to be, did this pastor do the right thing? In saying the, I mean, you can go and read his statements. You can listen to the sermon clip on YouTube. The guy's name is James Coates. Mm-hmm. If you search Pastor James Coates, Alberta, That's you'll find you you'll find yep. the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did he do something right? His argument was the government is overstepping their bounds. They don't have mm-hmm. the right to do these things to override our constitutional freedoms, and therefore we have the obligation to stand up to them. And uh, you know, I think part of his answer to why they were doing what they were doing also revolved around the idea of the healthcare system being overwhelmed, mm-hmm. which in his estimation is not the case mm-hmm. in Alberta at the moment. And he actually said, if I'm not mistaken, that he would potentially uh, do more to, to support some of the uh, problems that would be created if there was an overwhelming of their system. Mm -hmm. So I guess my question is, uh, are are all churches that are saying, you know what, we're going to comply. People's safety matters. The government has given us rules. We're supposed to obey the government. Are they just being cowards? Or are they doing what they should be doing? What's your take on this particular situation? Is that too well, loaded of a question for well, you? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say that I, at the in the fear of you know not not taking a side um, and and sounding pretty political, I I would say that it's nuanced. It's different. It, it's difficult. It's not. Uh, it's not something you can just say cut and dry. That's the problem right. is that they're making rules and they're just saying this is this and it's black and white in terms of these rules. And and I think all these things should be uh, determined uh, by individuals and churches and, you know, but as far as like keeping other people safe, I think we should do the best that we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of different ideas about what that it looks like. And whether what works and what doesn't work, right? Um, you know, it's just so amazing to me that we talk about science and and it's like in the people when I read people and they talk about well, this is what the science says. I'm just stunned that they have no discernment about that. It's like this is what the science. Well, 
first of all, where is it said that way? And are you so ignorant that you haven't researched to see what other science says? Because they don't all agree mm-hmm. on all this stuff. And and for every argument out there, it's I don't even know how they determine which one is the right one. Really, I don't. Is it because the most scientists do? Are is now science a democracy? Well, is that, that is, how it's determined? That is part of it, don't you think? Anyway, I mean, ninety percent of all climate scientists believe. Yes, <laughs> you know. That oh yeah, those kinds of statements. As if that's the game changer. Right. I don't know. Okay, I feel bad now that I put you on the spot asking you that question. Well, yeah, I <laughs> but I, I guess here's why I was asking you that. Um, I mean, I've seen uh, Christians responding to this situation. Be safe. Uh, some no, well, no, no. Oh. I've seen some of them uh, supporting him, this guy, oh, okay. and saying, you know, like, man, we need, you know, this guy's getting persecuted, mm-hmm. and then other people being like, well, actually, I don't feel bad for him at all because he was warned. They gave him an option to continue running his church in person mm-hmm. with, you know, restricted attendance, and he chose not to do it. So it's like they were trying to work with you, and you mm-hmm. just decided I'm not going to do what you want me to do. So I have seen both Christians who are like, he got what was coming to him mm-hmm. and those who are feeling uh, pretty bad about it and maybe even scared uh, as in labeling it Christian persecution. I see. And I guess when you had sent me the original thing, the original Facebook post you were talking about, which said, you know, pastor jailed, taken away in handcuffs for preaching the gospel or whatever it was, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that certainly caught my attention. And I was like, that is freaky stuff. And when I started looking into it and I started finding out more of the details, the more details I found out, the more, I guess, uh, you know, my enraged state began to get quieted. Because I did feel like, you know, they did give you options. They gave you the chance to meet in person, and that's important. I think that's valuable because here in Ontario, we've had stretches of time. I don't know if this is true of Alberta or not, but in Ontario, we've had stretches of time where that was denied us, period. Mm -hmm. We are currently in a similar situation that they are, 30% capacity. Mm -hmm. I think that is a bummer. I mean, if we could go more than 30%, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. But I'm also thankful that they're doing what they can to allow us, uh, you know, some flexibility here. I think 15% might be a bit tight, personally. Mm-hmm. 30% seems a little bit better. Um, nevertheless, I did kind of feel like, you know, I don't, I guess maybe I'm not fully sure I support. And I'm not fully sure that I don't either, but I'm not sure that I fully support his line of thinking, that that was something he needed to do. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. my two cents worth. Good. Um, and I've, I like that you said, I think it's nuanced. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of factors that would go into this. Um, and there's also the fact that people have a personal conscience that um, God uses to, I guess, dictate our behavior in certain situations where the the obedience is unclear. Right. whether we should do this or that. Sometimes the Bible doesn't have a verse that says you no. must do A or B. Sometimes it's up to some personal application of wisdom, a look at circumstances, and asking what is God's Spirit saying to you. I don't necessarily have an issue with him saying, this is what God is asking me to do. Right. But I don't like that some Christians are trying to say... You know, all pastors need to follow in his footsteps. Otherwise, they're cowards. No, no. Or I things like that. I wouldn't say that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Well, and uh, let me. You you had something you were going to say earlier, so I don't know if that set you up or not. Well, uh, I, I guess, first of all, I'll tell a little bit of my story. You, you kind of told how you had seen the article and then you were kind of upset and then and and I was the same. I I saw the uh, original posting in Facebook, just the uh, screenshot of it. So what I could read there looked really bad. It was like I can't even believe, I can't believe they would do that because it sounds like it came right out of, uh, it it came right out of uh, something from the time of World War II. I'll just say mm-hmm. that instead of 
instead of saying actually what everybody else says. But you know, it 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 looked it looked terrible. Uh, the optics of it, of it were terrible. And then I got reading about it, and I'm like, that isn't what happened at all. This is just you know, a bunch of, now it's Christians that are fear-mongering. I mean, if anything, and maybe it wasn't, maybe somebody else posted that that wants to make us all look bad. That's possible, That's too. No you idea. can't you can't tell where this stuff comes from a lot of times. But when I read it, that was my first reaction was I was kind of angry about it. Felt like I got clickbaited into it a little bit. Mm. Uh, then I started reading about it, and my next thought was, as I read about the facts of it, my next thought was, why is it this guy's responsibility? You know, it. my mind went to, here you are, you're preaching. You're a church. I mean, one thing that comes to my mind, first of all, is would I turn somebody away from my church that wants to come and hear the gospel? Would I do that under any circumstance what would make me do that? Am I able to do that in good conscience before God to say, no, you come in here with a struggle, with a hurt, with with difficulty, whatever it is, and you're looking for answers, but you cannot, you're not qualified. You didn't sign up ahead of time. You didn't uh, you know, RSVP your position. You're the sixteen percent. Exactly. <laughs> you're you're the one that throws us over the mark. We're gonna go to jail. I'm gonna go to jail as a pastor because I preached the gospel to you, believing that I was going to be able to help you. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my mandate. That's my calling. Right. As a pastor, and I have never found myself to say no. I'm not going to share the gospel with you. It's just not going to happen in mm-hmm. my life. I, I'm not going to do that. I mean, if it doesn't work out or I don't get the opportunity, that's a different thing. But if if I'm called to preach, I'm going to get up and preach. And if two people show up, then there'll be two people. Mm-hmm. If there's twelve, there's twelve. If there's fifty, there's fifty. I don't. I'm. I don't see where number one. That's necessarily my responsibility. Mm-hmm. And number two where I would deny somebody because of a guideline. And that's what these are. These are health guidelines. Right. When they became laws, when they become laws is when a legislature votes on them and that is the only way that you can do it. But we have health agencies making up 15% in Alberta, 30% in Ontario. What is that? These aren't laws. These aren't you know these are these are guidelines and 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 mandates and things like that and i'm going to deny somebody the opportunity to hear the gospel and why is that what on what planet do you believe that the pastor number 1 made them come right people he didn't show make up anybody, of their own free will yeah he didn't make anybody come in that building so so we as a church for the first time in history by the mandate of the laws quote unquote of our land are now forced to lock our doors from people wanting to come in and hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. That is what, and so when you look at it from that standpoint, right, is what he did wrong? Oh, I don't actually have, okay, so first of all, I think all that you said is extremely valid. And I agree with you completely. And probably kind of loud. I think I'm peaking. Hey, out. well, that's that means you're passionate. <laughs> no, I, I agree with all that you're saying. I do think that the strategy the government has taken where they, and this is what you were referring to earlier yeah. in the sermon, that they are going to take responsibility for keeping people safe is a category mistake. They don't belong there. That's not the government's job. Never has been, at least not in terms of safe from a virus. Mm-hmm. I mean, safe from, I don't know, an invading army. Okay, different story. Uh, safe from somebody who's trying to murder me. Different story. But safe from a virus is a different ballgame altogether. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that that's not the government's place. That that's the place of citizens to make choices according to what they are comfortable with. And so if you feel less inclined to want to be out in public because you you're afraid of 
of catching a virus or these kinds of things, then no one's stopping you from pulling back your involvement in your community and staying home more often. You can make that choice if you want. And if you want to go out and do your thing and live your life, you I, should be able to do that. I say it all the time to people. I said it today. If you don't feel comfortable here, you you have every right to stay. Do, do I need to sign a certificate because I'm a pastor and say you have a get out of hev- or hell free card because you didn't come to church or something? I don't know what these people think church is. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's like part of it is the mentality of our government that that says that because I preach the gospel, I'm somehow twisting the arms of these people or I have made this cult following of people that believe that they have to be in church on Sunday. I didn't do that and I would never do that to anybody. Right. People show up because they want to be here. Exactly. It's just that and simple. This, and, and just by way of, of if you're if you haven't had a chance or you're not someplace where you can Google it, but you're listening to this, let me tell you i looked this guy up uh look up his church it's not some wacky i don't know what's that group westboro baptist or or some yeah you know some of those guys it's nothing like that it's not some little podunk i mean it is outside of edmonton i've never heard that term in my life podunk nope that's a new one okay so the (laughs) <laughs> so if I have any family members that are listening, you know what that is. Okay. You can uh, put it in the uh, comments or something. And so you can educate Pastor Jeremy I can, I about mean, these. I, the way you used it, I kind of can tell what it means, but I've just never heard that. Anyway. Uh, it's a, maybe it's, a, it's not a word. I don't know. But, okay. you know, that's that's what I grew up with because right. I grew up podunk. But um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, so it's it, it you know it's a it's a legitimate. It sounds like and looks like a, a very credible, legitimate ministry. Yeah. He's Your average he's church. not you know he's not preaching in long hair and jeans. Okay, the guy's getting up there with a suit and tie, and he looks like he's very sincere. He doesn't you know in the speaking that I saw him do, he's not he's being careful about not just you know. Uh, throwing, you know, uh, his words around casually or anything like that. I mean, he's just um, plainly speaking. Uh, in fact, reading some of what he's speaking. Uh, so he's, you know, very he's studied hard and is very sincere about it. I think, and so I and there and there's not forty people. We're not talking about fifteen percent of forty people. I mean, it's a fairly good sized church their they church would, was 300 people or something yeah like that. so you know um anyway yeah i don't know well okay so here's my take on this they want to be together my take on this situation is actually not what is make is, is not the headline that's making the news the headline that's making the news is is uh you know this guy's is preaching the gospel and the government's persecuting him and that's how it came across my presence but the the takeaway for me, I think, is even like a few layers deeper than this specific incident. And what I mean by that is our charter of rights and freedoms here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Man, as time goes on, I'm like, that thing is a total waste of time. It's, <laughs> it's useless. useless. Useless document. And the reason mm-hmm. is it's like this guy is literally hanging his actions on saying, I have constitutional rights to do these things. They're right there in writing. Mm-hmm. The government can also come back at you and say, yeah, and there's also a clause in there that says we can do it when there are acceptable grounds to do so. And it's like, what the heck? Like, you Useless. can just pull out whatever reason you want, and as long as you can maybe c- create a convincing case in mm-hmm. court, you can stop on anybody's rights and freedoms anytime you want. So one of the things that I thought was interesting, all right, is this guy is now being, I believe, represented mm-hmm. uh, by an organization called uh, the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. So he's lawyered up now. The church is lawyered up with mm-hmm. the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, I do not really know who that organization is, but I like the name of it. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is going to get interesting because now... It sounds like he's connected to an organization that fights these battles all the time. That's kind of their thing. Right. So my hope is that this thing rides its way up to the top in the legal system. And ideally, the church would win. That 
you know, the government is acting out of step with what they're called to do according to the Constitution, blah, 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 all that stuff. That might actually push back a bit on these Canadian uh, provincial governments or even the federal government feeling like they can just do whatever they want Mm -hmm. because there's a pandemic going on. Right. So I I thought that's actually the story that I want to pay more attention to is is where this goes in the court system because I'm holding out a sliver of hope that we can get somewhere productive and, you know, no more of this churches you got to close, churches you got to do this stuff. And by the way, I'm not even, I've said this before, I'm not just saying that because I'm a pastor and I love churches. I would like that for everybody, I, for I businesses, yeah. for for mosques. I mean, I, I, I'm really across the board. Give people their freedoms. I want to live mm-hmm. in a free country. Mm-hmm. And those are values that are important to me. People should have every freedom to be able to go. It's okay. So it brings up uh, one more topic, I guess. This thing is full of topics because we've talked about a lot of different things. But one topic is this: you know what happens? Uh, there's there's personal responsibility for things that people need to take, and this is one of those cases where why can't? Oh, first of all. If if uh, if churches could have, you know, no restriction in that regard and people would then be responsible to make their own choice mm-hmm. about whether or not their immune system could be compromised or whether or not they're afraid for any number of reasons to be in that situation and they would have to take personal responsibility for their own health Mm -hmm. which is normally how we look at things that's how things should work called common sense but we're not having that happen in our world are we what we're having happen in our world is is that we're waiting for the government to tell us everything Mm -hmm. and so one of those um situations one of those situations would be or that that an example of that would be our current state we just came out of lockdown. We were in lockdown, then a state of emergency. We didn't really understand how that would differ, but but then we we're in a state of emergency. Uh, they were warning us on our cell phones, danger, danger. State Everybody of stay home. You can't see it, but I'm rolling my eyes. I know, yeah. <laughs> we love this stuff. But anyway, and then, uh, so then Tuesday... So the day before yesterday, yeah. two days ago, uh, they lifted the state of emergency and the shutdown or stay-at-home order. At least for our region. I guess. I don't know. They have all these names. We have code I, yellow, right? I'm not good with these with these things anyway. We're And, and we were put into, yeah, uh, or, alert yellow or whatever. Yeah. Code yellow now. And, and so that's um, – what's interesting about that is is that I noticed – Overnight, the next day, I'm driving down the street. The streets are full of people. Parking lots are full of people. People are going to restaurants. I mean, it's crazy. It's so, like we all want these lockdowns. Everybody, the, the they talk about it. Every time they put us in lockdown, they're like, uh, people are in favor of this. We f- Polling suggests that people want the lockdowns. They want to be safe, all these things. And then as soon as they lift it, everybody, and I can attest, during lockdowns, things like that, everybody will be calling. And it'll be like, my neighbor's got too many cars in the park, in their driveway, and, and you know, this, ha- this party just happened, or all these different things. And then as soon as the lockdown's over, the same people that are calling about their neighbors are showing up at, you know, whatever restaurant and having dinner you know oh yeah i mean and and the reason i say that is is because what changed from one day to the next right nothing right nothing changed not really no the only thing that changed is some made-up label well now uh, now we're in the yellow zone the, the government told us it was okay right and that is the point i'm getting at right is as long as the government tells us it's okay it's okay then it must be okay and we're gonna be safe and you know what if the government tells us it's okay and I get COVID, guess whose fault it is? 
the government's. Mm. I see. Right? It's not my they fault. They should have protected me. I don't have to take personal responsibility. Mm. So somehow that makes them feel better. Like if I die of COVID, at least it wasn't my fault. And and in our world, that's what we're all about. We just we want somebody else to be responsible. Right. And yeah. and you were sharing a story about that, a really good oh, story. Do you want me to go yeah. down that? Well, oh. I just I want you to share that story. All right. So I had this was, was not good, this was not mine. No. Somebody shared it and I thought it was interesting. They were talking about how we are living in a culture that cannot seem to accept the fact that tragedies happen and nobody's at fault. It just happens. Things happen. And he gave the analogy of somebody walking down the street with their friend and they're walking, you know, down the sidewalk or whatever. And the person evidently wasn't paying attention and stepped on, you know, a can that was on the sidewalk and it caused them to roll their ankle and, and kind of tumble over and they bumped their friend who they were walking beside and that caused them to go out a little bit onto the road and got hit by a car. And, uh, you know, so normally we would see this situation and think, that's terrible. You know, that's mm-hmm. a real shame. What a bummer. Uh, this person that accidentally tripped and knocked their friend over is going to feel remorseful and, and might, somewhat guilty. And we might call it an accident, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's an accident. <laughs> it's an unfortunate accident. And mm-hmm. we're going to say to them, listen, it's not your fault. You didn't mean to trip and fall and bump them. And we're going to say to the car driver, you didn't yeah. mean to hit somebody. It just, mm-hmm. it just happened. That's what we would normally do. But we're living in a culture now that we have to assign blame. No, right. something went wrong. Who's to blame? So yep. here's all the th- things you might say. Uh, who threw that pop can? Yep, we gotta on find the floor? We, we gotta, gotta find, find out the, you know, blankety blank that's out here littering and mm-hmm. filling up our streets. Or you might say, what's the deal with litters? Why, why is the sanitation of our city underfunded? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what this is the kind of stuff that we gotta face. Or you might say, uh, why is this person not paying attention in their car? Why mm-hmm. are they, you know, why are they driving so fast? They should have seen this person. They were obviously distracted they were one mile an hour one kilometer an hour over the speed limit right and then and then you find out oh well they were speeding to make it to their second job because uh, they because they struggle to make ends meet (laughs) well of course they do because the the system's broken and we need a universal Mm -hmm. basic income a living wage that wouldn't have happened if this person wasn't speeding to their next job to try and make it illustration and and what's the deal with this person who thinks they need to walk on the safe side of the sidewalk and their friend needs to walk on the outer side. What's going on in that friendship that she thinks she's the privileged one They're who can walk on the side? Obviously not equal, right? Right. So they, they were just saying, point being, this is the world we live in now. Yep. That when something goes wrong, rather than just saying, it stinks. And this is a bummer. And accidents happen. And we live in, a, as you said earlier, a broken world. Rather than saying that, you've got to assign blame. And the pastor in that uh, little sermon clip that... Uh, you had referred to earlier makes it he doesn't say any of that stuff but he makes Mm -hmm. a similar point that Mm -hmm. a virus is is like uh, it's not someone's fault nobody's fault i mean and uh, yeah i know there's all this stuff about what really happened in china and all that stuff and i don't really want to get into it but but the point is we are where we are now and it's not your fault like if you pick up a germ did you mean to do that did you mean to hurt somebody did you mean to pass it on it just was an accident like mm-hmm. we live in a world of germs mm-hmm. so but we're living in now this era of you got someone's to blame someone's mm-hmm. to blame and one of the big things i see happening is when we get local cases here oh it's terrible if that gets linked in any mm-hmm. way to travel mm-hmm. people lose their minds yep it's like, okay, there's the person to blame. Mm-hmm. They had to go out of their way. They had to leave, and they don't even care what the reason is. And we're not Seriously. talking international. We're talking traveling to southern Ontario. Yeah, maybe I just mean, out of region. Or out a little west. Bit. Yeah. Or, yeah. But as soon as it gets linked to travel, mm-hmm. I mean, people lose their minds because it's like, oh, you didn't play by the rules. You know that you're not supposed to do this. And there's no law against it. I mean, there's no. regulations in some things. Point is... This is a toxic mentality. Mm-hmm. That is toxic to your soul to believe that everything that goes wrong in my life or in someone's life, someone's got to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to be blamed uh, because we just don't live in a perfect world. Mm-hmm. And accidents happen. Things like a virus, I don't know if you want to classify it as an accident, but it's a force of nature. 
that exactly. just is. And man, we just the government here is like we just got to put policy on top of policy on top of policy. Everything whenever there's a situation, we got to save it with a new policy, a new fund, a new mm-hmm. program. That's the government's solution. And it's because they don't recognize that we live in a broken world, that God is sovereign over these things. I mean, when you take God out of the equation, you're left with, it's up to us or no one. That's the only result. And I just want to say to those who are believers, you got to reject this mentality. Mm -hmm. You have got to reject that, that everything that goes wrong is someone's fault and someone's head has to roll. It's not always that way. I mean, obviously there are situations where it would be, it could be true. Somebody like sought to harm someone or whatever. But a lot of what we face in life is uh, circumstantial. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of living in this world. We are not promised safety and security. Nope. That's never been a promise. And, you know, the COVID situation just has exposed how much we worship at the altar of our own safety and security. Yeah. And that is a mentality that as christians we must reject yeah that's not our value not the same way the world sees it um anyways i yeah am i going where you were hoping i went oh yeah definitely yeah that was that was good um no i was thinking to myself i know i've said it i think i've said it at least on the podcast before uh you'll probably hear me say it a lot but uh, there's that passage of scripture where Jesus is talking about everybody and 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 the signs of the end, and he says people will be saying peace and safety, mm. right? I, I believe that was was that I don't know. Anyway, but um, talks about peace and safety, and I've always thought of that in a sense of that's what uh, you know that's what people are going to be experiencing, like they're all going to be like, oh yeah, we have so much peace and safety and security and everything like that. I don't think so. I think he's talking about in the end times, there's going to be a time where people are obsessed with it. Mm. And I As think they're that's, calling, they're for, calling it. for it. They want it. That's the only thing left to look forward to or whatever. That's the culture and, we're living in. Right and now. boy, I'm telling you that if that's the case, then we are definitely living in the end times because that's what people are thinking is that everything's going to be, we just, all we want is to be safe. All we want is peace. We don't care what it takes. We don't care what you take away. We don't care how little we have. We just want peace and safety. Mm-hmm. That's it. Just yeah. peace and safety. Actually, I'm surprised you said that because that's not the passage I thought you were going to say. Oh, okay. What I thought you were going to say was uh, Jesus referring to the Tower of Siloam. Yes. When they say, you know, the, the tower fell on the 18 workers mm-hmm. and the people are saying to mm-hmm. Jesus, like, so it's their fault, right? And that's another great. Because they were sinners, mm-hmm. right? So God's judging them. Right. It's their fault. Right. And Jesus completely dismisses this idea and just says, well, actually, towers fall. And it's sometime, you know, something's going to happen to you and you're going to be judged. So be ready. I mean, that's the paraphrase version. (laughs) Don't quote me. Uh, No, but he's undermining. He's undermining this idea that it's always someone's fault. Right. And that's not really the focus. He, He wants their focus to be. Quit worrying about the temporary things that you can't control in life. Be mm-hmm. right with God. Yeah. That's the message. Well, I was going to say, and, and the the real point is, is that someday it's going to happen to everybody. Right. Doesn't matter. You're mm-hmm. you're going to have to stand before God someday. And the real, the most important point is, is that you are not found guilty. Mm-hmm. And of your, of your own sin. Yeah. And, and. And that's, I mean, that's the gospel message is that Jesus has made it so that we have a way to not be found guilty because we're all broken and we're all going to fail and we're all going to be guilty and we're all going to be wrong. And so think about it. Do you want to be judged by that humanist God or do you want to be judged by the Lord? Right. That's a merciful, a merciful creator. I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's kind of a distraction, isn't it? It's a distraction from what really matters. All this stuff. It is. Because what really matters is facing our own demise, being held accountable before the Lord and the fact that he's provided a savior to Mm -hmm. be ready for that. So Mm -hmm. 
I'm not saying we don't care at all about people's safety in this life. Right. I mean, we do to a healthy degree, but we don't worship that. We don't make an idol of that. Uh, we worship the Savior mm-hmm. who can guarantee us a right standing before God on the last day of judgment when we breathe our last. And however we meet our demise, we're in his hands. We're in his sovereign control. And it actually is a one of the things I wish people knew is how freeing that is. Well, I was just going to say it it brings me back to what I said about peace and safety. It's like we're clamoring for it. We're desiring it so much. And there's only one place to find peace. There's only one place, and that's in him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I'm a, I'm going to just summarize, recap. We, we, you know, we really didn't jump into a scripture reference. We're getting now a little bit long, longer in the podcast, and I don't want to belabor it too much. But uh, the things that we need to guard against, folks, is we need to guard against humanism because these are humanistic ideas and they're everywhere uh, all around us. And it's so easy to buy into it as a result of the things that are happening with this pandemic. It's just amazing to me how our enemy is, is using this to condition us to accept humanism. Um, the other thing that I would say that we didn't really mention, and uh, but I'm going to mention it here, uh, don't say be safe. Yeah. You, you mentioned this when we were getting ready for this. And, you know, really, don't, don't say be safe. I mean, we are a people who greet one another with be blessed. Mm-hmm. And that's just such a great concept to remind ourselves that, you know, being safe, that, that puts it all in our hands. Like, I'm going to be safe. That's not uh, the highest ideal. No, it's not. Uh, the, 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 and, and it also shows that we're not humanists. We, we do trust in God to, to bless us, to keep us safe, to take care of us in the midst of this pandemic, uh, you know, and to help us get through whatever it might throw at us. All those things we need God for. So we need to be greeting one another and giving God's blessing to one another. And, uh, you know, I know that there's, you know, there's people that have emailed me and they put at the bottom, be safe. And I know that's really in vogue right now to do that. But the fact is, is that it's it's really a humanist, a humanistic idea. It, it, if we don't use that phrase and you replace it with something like be blessed or Lord be with you or something like that, you're showing somebody that you're operating on a different value system. Right. You're living in a different framework than they are. And I think sure. there's value in that tiny, subtle uh, display that your hope is somewhere else. Yeah. I think it's valuable. Yeah. And try not to let these things and the events that are happening in our world cause you to lose your mind. <laughs> Are you talking to yourself? There, I am. Craig? I am a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I notice that the, uh, the level meter peaks a lot when I get going. Cause it's just, I, I don't know. These things are, uh, wear me down a little bit Yeah. and I see it wearing on other people and I'm go, going, what I would call a little bit COVID crazy. I don't know. I think that's probably a term that's, it's probably a hashtag for sure. You didn't, I just it. don't, I, don't no, no, no. I didn't think I did. <laughs> Not at all. I've heard it from other people, but, um, but I'm sure that's trending. And, uh, but you know, we're all going a little COVID crazy and a part of that is just getting, you know, really, really wound up in these events. You see them happening and you think, man, I, you know, what, what hope is there? It feels like I just, I don't have any control over this and people are just buying into it by the droves and, and, and that feel makes me feel even more helpless. Listen, let's not feel helpless anymore and let's not respond like people that are helpless. I'm talking to myself. Mm. Let's not respond like people that are helpless because we're not mm-hmm. God's in charge. He's going to take care of us. Um, he's going to give us the wisdom to know what to do when any of these situations come up. Uh, when the government goes and they, I'm 
quite sure. I'm, I'm, it's quite likely that they will go even beyond what happened to this pastor. And there's going to come a day where, you know, there is coming a day. I mean, we, we talked about, we'll talk about that in a future podcast, but we got things happening in our government where hate speech is being defined, and many of those definitions uh, are going to marginalize us from principles from God's Word that are going to really uh, be a challenge in coming days. Because what is the result of that? Is that going to result in jail or fines or both for us as preachers of the gospel? I think that's going to be our topic for next week. I think it will be. Yeah, little teaser. <laughs> yeah, so. Anyway, until next week, um, be blessed. There you okay? go. Let's, you did it. Let's all be people that encourage one another to experience God's blessing and him taking care of them and, and not ourselves taking care of ourselves. Amen. 